0: Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we're going to be going in depth into my week number 13 running back rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season. Inside today's video, we're going to be going in depth into all of my top 36 running back rankings and tiers for the week so you guys can figure out where your running backs sit in the ecosystem of week number 13. There are six teams on by, so there are a lot of players and we'll talk about it in the video that are ranked a little bit higher than you would want them to be just because of so many bye weeks. But before we get into things, though, I would like to ask that if you are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below. It's free. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, make sure you leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week number 13, Top 36 Running Back Rankings and tiers for the 2023 Fantasy Football Season. We begin with the S tier at the running back position at number one with Christian McCaffrey of the San Francisco 49ers going up against the Philadelphia Eagles this week in Philadelphia. Now, McCaffrey has been a top six running back in PPR in five straight weeks, and I think that he's going to continue to do that this week up against the Eagles. Again, I get that the matchup is tough, but ultimately, Christian McCaffrey is a must start running back, whether he's going up against the Eagles, the Raiders, the fucking 85 Bears, it does not matter. He's the running back one in my rankings, a majority of the week, and that is not, or the majority of the weeks on the season, and that is not going to change this week in Philadelphia. At number two, we have Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints going up against the Detroit Lions at home in New Orleans. Now, the Saints are likely going to be without Chris Olave, Rashid Jaheed, Michael Thomas is on IR, so their number one and number two wide receiver this week might be A.T. Perry and Kirkwood, which means that Alvin Kamara could be in the position to see 10 plus targets in this game, and that is something that he's done already twice this season in week four against the Bucks 14 targets week seven against the Jags 14 targets so going up against a Lions defense That has been very underwhelming as of recently. They've been getting beaten and battered week in and week out. I think Alvin Kamara could go crazy in this spot, considering Derek Carr is a check-down machine. At number three, we have Travis Etienne going up against the Cincinnati Bengals at home in Jacksonville on Monday Night Football. Now, the Cincinnati Bengals' defense as a whole is pretty solid, but up against the run... They are relatively suspect. I know ETN has had a downward spiral of games, right? Running back 20 last week, 25 the week prior, and running back 39 in week number 10. So before the bye, this man was lighting it up like a firework that Katy Perry song, baby, you're a firework, right? The song that Kim Jong-un was singing with that guy in that movie, The Interview. If you've seen it, if you know, you know. So ETN's been on a bit of a downward skid, but I expect him to escape that hell hole that he's been in as of recently in a soft matchup against the Bengals run D at number four. We have Kyron Williams of the LA Rams going up against the Cleveland Browns at home in LA. Now last week, I was a little bit worried about Kyron Williams potentially getting his snap share reduced by the fact that he was coming off the injury, but he said, fuck your snap share reduction because this man went to pound town against the Cardinals in Arizona. 16 rushes for 143 yards, six targets, six receptions, 61 yards and two total touchdowns in that game running back one on the week now obviously there are levels to defenses in the NFL right the Arizona Cardinals are one of the worst defenses in the National Football League and the Cleveland Browns have one of the best defenses in the NFL but at the end of the day when push comes to shove knowing how this LA Rams offense operates when Kyron Williams is healthy this man is going to get a healthy dosage of targets and they're as well as rushes. And there is a strong chance that with Joe Flacco, cool Joe under center for the Browns, that even if their defense is standing on their head, That the Browns are getting plowed out in this game. The Rams are able to run a shit ton. And again, at this point in the season, Kyron Williams is a must-start running back. At number five, to close out the S tier, we have Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Now, after the first three weeks where he was a top 13 running back every single week... Things started to get very very bad for Tony Pollard. Any Tony Pollard owner was starting to worry about him and they were thinking oh should I trade Tony Pollard for a half-eaten bag of potato chips and a used condom? Maybe, maybe not but over the last two weeks he's been a top 12 running back and I don't expect that train to stop this week up against an overrated Seattle Seahawks defense tonight on Thursday Night Football. I think Tony Pollard has earned his crown back on the spot of being a must start running back and again I love this spot up against Seattle. Moving now to the A tier at number six, we have Austin Eckler going up against the Patriots in New England. Now, Austin Eckler has basically put our underwear on the thing that lifts a flag up and then throws us up the flagpole, right? Like in a vintage movie back in the day, right? or he's giving us a swirly like a bully would to a kid in high school, right? I don't think that ever actually happened. I don't know anyone that got a swirly in high school or got stuffed into a locker, but maybe that shit did used to happen. I don't know. So back-to-back weeks outside the top 30 at running back has me a little bit flustered on Austin Eckler because not only has Austin Eckler looked a little bit slower, Justin Herbert the pervert hasn't been as much of a dump-off machine. Now, he did see six targets last, week and I do like that for Austin Eckler but I am a little bit worried just about the offense in general but and this is a big but shout out Kim Kardashian we have to continue to believe in Austin Eckler why I didn't throw him in the S tier the Patriots defense is soft as baby shit Charmin ultra soft and I think this should be a very easy bounce back spot for Mr. Clean himself, Austin Eckler. Again, am I as confident as I was earlier on in the season fuck no, baby, but this is a guy that any given week could be the running back one, so I have to give him some respect. At number seven, we have Raheem the Wet Dream Mostert of the Miami Dolphins going up against the Washington Commanders in Washington. I believe I read a report today that Raheem Mostert was back at practice. He was not seen in practice on Wednesday, but typically the Wednesday practice reports are the most fugazi practice reports that you can read because a lot of the time on Wednesday is when the veteran players get time off. So a guy like Mostert, who has done three fucking tours in the NFL at this point, you know, he's going to get his day off on Wednesday. Last week against the Jumbo Jets, two touchdowns, top eight running back. This week he gets a very easy matchup against the Commander's defense. Once they got rid of Chase Young, as well as Sweat, the Commander's defense is basically wide open for the taking. I think that D-line is going to get busted open like a saloon door, you know, in those movies where a guy walks through the saloon door and goes, You know what I'm talking about? If you know, you know. (laughs) That's what... Mostert's going to do to the commander's defense. Devin, a chain. Devin, two chains may play. He may not play, but ultimately Raheem Mostert deserves an accolade inside the top 12, right? He's the running back two on the season, and it feels like people don't put enough respect on the name of Raheem Mostert. At number eight, we have Bijan Robinson. Now, Bijan Robinson was fed correctly last week, 16 rushes, 91 rushing yards, six targets three receptions, 32 receiving yards, two total tugs running back three on the week. Now, I get the Jets' defense is definitely tough, but they're not as strong up against the run, and I definitely do believe that Bijan Robinson, if Arthur Smith gets his head out of his ass and does exactly what he did last week, giving a lot more touches to Bijan, getting him opportunities to catch passes out of the backfield, then it should be a shock to no one. When Bijan finishes inside of the top five, I got him as running back eight, because again, I can't go hog wild and just throwing him up in the S tier because I believe he's so talented. I do believe that. But the problem is, again, it's not like Arthur Smith just magically disappeared. At number nine, we have Isaiah Pacheco of the Kansas City Chiefs going up against the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay on Sunday night. Now, Pacheco was a guy that was on a three-game downward skid outside the top 20. But last week, he took things personal up against the Raiders in Viva Las Vegas. 15 rushes for 55 yards, five targets, five receptions, 34 receiving yards, and two total touchdowns running back four on the week. Now, I don't think that Pacheco is going to find the end zone twice on Sunday Night Football, but he could easily score at least once. I know the Chiefs' offense is kind of in purgatory right now, because it's impossible to call the Chiefs straight-up washed up, because Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, right? But it's also important to understand that, hey, this isn't the same Chiefs' offense that we've been used to over the last couple of years. Now, I, for one, as a Dolphins fan, do not want to play the Chiefs in the playoffs because they could easily fucking stomp us into the dirt. When it's the playoffs, but in the regular season, it seems like they kind of just coast nowadays. Against the Packers, though, Jarek McKinnon might play, he might not play. I just think Pacheco is a solid play at this point in the season. Outside of that two-game skid from Week 8 to Week 9, he's basically been a top 16 running back every single week. Running back 13 on the season. Great matchup against the Packers' defense. He deserves to be ranked this high. At number 10, we got my guy David Montgomery of the New Orleans Saints, or of the Detroit Lions, going up against the New Orleans Saints in the N.O. Now, David Montgomery's expert consensus rankings right now on Fantasy Pros, he's the running back number 19, but I think that is absolutely crazy. David Montgomery is a guy that... Prince top 15 games, Prince top 12 games. If he did not get hurt this season, he would probably be a top 10, top eight running back right now. The Saints defense is not very good. This is a Lions offense with a great offensive line. I fully understand that the Lions imploded on themselves. Jared Goff fumbled three fucking times last week against the Packers. But even in a down game for the Lions offense, even in a game where the Lions offense looked putrid... Montgomery still had 71 rushing yards and a touchdown. He scored one touchdown in three straight games and only has one game on the season in which he didn't score a touchdown. So there's a lot of safety baked into Montgomery, especially when you consider the fact that the offensive line is so good, the Ben Johnson scheme in Detroit is amazing, so I know Jared Goff shit the bed last week, blah, 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 blah. I'm not worried at all. At number 11, we got Jameer Gibbs of the Lions going up against the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. Last week was a down game for Jameer Gibbs as the previous four games he ranked inside the top three at the running back position. But again, you can have a down game and not have me running around panicking mayday. Wee-woo, wee-woo, wee-woo. Now, Eckler is a guy where, you know, there's a lot more reason to panic, right? two down games in a row outside the top 30, right? I think Eckler is going to bounce back, so why wouldn't I believe that Gibbs will? Again, this is a tremendous offense. Jared Goff is not a turnover machine. Gibbs is going to be just... Fine. At number 12, to close out the A-tier, if you guys have enjoyed this far, make sure you guys smash that subscribe button down below if you are new. And whether you're new to the channel or not, make sure you guys leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. So Rashad with two A's white of the Bucks is my running back 12. Going up against the Panthers at home in Tampa. The Carolina Panthers honestly have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Against the run, they're bottom of the barrel. Straight up dog shit that gets stuck to the bottom of your your foot, your shoe. Last week was a down game for White, but that's just because he didn't score. He still had 100 rushing yards, 10 receiving yards. Honestly, one of his better games on the season. He just didn't score a touchdown. Prior to running back 19 last week, he was running back 13, 11, 1, 10, and 12. In That would be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 straight games. So again, Rashad White continues to be... As ineffective as it gets, 3.6 yards per carry. But efficiency don't matter if you can get five plus targets in any given game. And you get enough carries to get 100 yards. And he's probably going to score against the Panthers. So again, the A tier makes perfect sense for Mr. Rashad with two A's white. Next up, we move to the B tier, beginning with Zach Moss of the Indianapolis Colts. Going up against the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. Now with Jonathan Taylor potentially missing the next couple of games, Zach Moss might enter league winner category because there's a chance that, hey, Jonathan Taylor doesn't come back on time and maybe he is out until the playoffs. You know, maybe the Colts make the playoffs. So we shall see. And again, if he misses some serious time, Zach Moss could be a league winner. Zach Moss, when given the opportunity, ripped off top 10, top 5, two games at running back earlier on in the season without Jonathan Taylor. Now, earlier on in the season, the MO around the Tennessee Titans run defense was that they were great, like Tony the Tiger says, but recently, that's a run defense that has gotten a train ran on them. Zach Moss looked really good this season. This is a Colts team that kind of sneaky good on offense. I'm just going to throw my belief back in Zach Moss, who averages 4.8 yards per carry. On the season at number 14, we got Ramondre-Stevens season. Ramondre-Stevenson going up against the LA Chargers. Over the last couple of weeks, it really does seem like the team wants to give more carries to Ramondre, 20 or more carries in back-to-back weeks. In both those games, he had five or more targets. Now, Bailey Zappi, the Zappineta, will be the starting quarterback in this game. I know the Chargers defense really played well up against the Ravens last week, but we all know that the Chargers' defense is bad. Staley pays them all that money. They suck. Staley's a defensive, quote-unquote, guru, like how Adam Gaze was a quarterback whisperer, right? Things just don't work out. Stevenson should be... At the very least, a top 16, top 18 running back with the upside of ripping off a top five game up against the Chargers. The only thing that has me ranking him a little bit lower is because, you know, the Patriots just kind of suck cock on offense. At number 15, we got Derrick Henry. Now, Derrick Henry, this is a great matchup for him. I want to rank him higher, but we all understand the Derrick Henry, the Tractor seato experience. Derrick Henry is basically just linked to how the offense plays because if the offense is on fire, if the offense. Is able to stay in the game, then Derrick Henry should be getting 18 to 22 potential touches in a game. But if the Tennessee Titans are getting bent over a table and just bukaki on all game long, then Derrick Henry fades into irrelevancy. So if this game is kept close by the Titans, if Will Levith is able, if Will Levith, like I'm Mike Tyson, is able to keep things close, then we should be able to see hey, Henry has a good game. But if Will Levis struggles, he's stumbling, he's bumbling, then Derrick Henry will probably end up shitting the bet. So I can't rank him as high as I want to, but I also won't barrel him down the rankings because we know how good he is, right? Two scores last week against the Panthers. So running back 10 could easily be a top 10 running back again. At number 16, we move to DeAndre Swift of the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the 49ers in San Francisco. Tough matchup for him last week. He did not score... Bad game for him up against the Bills. He was just had zero usage early on the first half. And then the second half, they kind of flipped the switch and he got a lot more touches. Going up against the Niners defense does scare me. Right? Just like going up against the Eagles defense scares me for McCaffrey. But the thing is, McCaffrey has earned the right for me not to be as scared. Whereas Swift... Recently running back 31-9, 25-15-23. Now I fully expect DeAndre Swift to not fuck me over in this game. I fully expect him to be good enough to finish start worthy to where he doesn't sink my metaphorical battleship on my fantasy team. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I have blind confidence in Swift in this matchup. At number 17, we have Brees Hall going up against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, for some odd reason, the Jets are going to use Timmy Boyle as the starting quarterback. Again, personally, I would have pivoted to Trevor Simeon. Maybe Rodgers ends up coming back in the next two weeks, but I highly doubt that as well. If the Falcons win this game, that is the nail in the coffin of the Jets' season. Brees Hall realistically should be fine in this game. He saw nine targets last week. This game should be closer than the Dolphins game, so he should see more touches. But again, this is another guy, just like Derrick Henry. Brees Hall is being held fucking hostage by the terrible quarterback situation in New York with the Jumbo Jets. At number 18, we got Devin A. Chain. Now, I do not think that Devin A. Chain is going to play on Sunday against the Commanders. But I don't want to have him ranked as like the running back 32, and then he plays, and people are like, Nick, why'd you have him ranked as the running back 32? You cocksucker! He finished as a top 10 running back, right? He reaggravated his injury that knocked him out for four weeks in week 11 up against the Raiders. So I think the Dolphins are going to be cautious. With bringing him back, they might use the the just-the-tip technique. But even if they use the the just-the-tip technique, even if they just ease him in against the commander's defense, he doesn't need a lot of touches to be successful. So if he does play... Bottom end of the B tier feels safe. If you wanted to rank him a little bit lower, maybe in the C tier, I understand that as well. Some people might want to rank him even higher, though, because of the upside that he possesses. Moving now to the C tier at running back. This is where the fall off starts to begin at running back. Now, again, if you have Javante, Najee, Jayla Warren, Jerome Ford, you're not, like, super scared this week, right? You're not in full on panic mode, but you're definitely not as confident as you were with the guys ahead of them. Now, before we break down Javante Williams, the rest of the running backs in the C tier as well as the rest of the tiers all the way up until running back 36, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em, and Underdog has a great offer for you guys today, but first, I want to explain to you guys how Underdog Fantasy's Pick'em game works. Now, we're going to be talking about Thursday Night Football, the Seattle Seahawks at the Dallas Cowboys, and as of right now, as I'm recording this on Tuesday morning, Underdog hasn't put out all of their picks yet, so as the week goes on and we get closer to Thursday, there will be a lot more choices for you guys, but you have to pick a minimum of two players from at least two different teams sort of pick one player from the Seahawks and one from the Cowboys want to go ahead and go with Jason Myers higher than one and a half field goals made I think the Seahawks offense is going to struggle to move the ball but I think they'll be able to get into field goal range a bunch but maybe just not able to find pay dirt and score that touchdown And then for the Cowboys, we are going to go ahead and go with Tony Pollard higher than half a rushing or receiving touchdown. It really feels like Tony Pollard's season is back on the train track so we're gonna go with Tony Pollard higher than half a rushing touchdown now if both of those hit we'll get three times our entry fee if we do three picks it's six times four picks is ten times and five picks is twenty times our entry fee again they all have to hit in order for you to get paid out if you are new to Underdog Fantasy and live in one of the states on your screen right now you receive a first match deposit bonus of up to one hundred dollars if you're new on there and use promo code Notorious so if you deposit a hundred you'll get additional hundred if you do fifty it's additional fifty. Twenty five additional twenty The minimum deposit on underdog fantasy is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here. Javante Williams going up against the Houston Texans. Now, Javante has been a guy that's been seeing a pretty high workload in this Broncos offense. Samaj P. Ryan did vulture a couple of targets in that game last week, but Javante still had six targets last week, 18 carries. Definitely a lot better of a matchup compared to last week up against the Browns. So, Javante feels fine in this range of running backs 19 through 24. I got him ranked slightly lower than expert consensus rankings. But again, it's just because Javante feels kind of like a safe play that probably won't finish as a top five running back. But he's another guy that I don't really see sinking my battleship. I like the spot against the Texans. He should be fine. That's kind of just how I feel about him. At number 20, we got Najee Harris. Now, Najee Harris legitimately looked good last week against the Bengals. 15 carries, 99 rushing yards, and a touchdown. Best he's looked all season, and it wasn't even close. Now, they're still going to use Jalen Warren, so it's not like Najee Harris is just going to break free, be soaring and flying like Troy Bolton in High School Musical. So Najee Harris is going to get his touches, Jalen Warren's going to get his. The hope here is where I have Najee and Jalen back back to back, Michael Jordan, 96-97, from running back 20-21, to is that they're playing the Cardinals. Again, I make a lot of jokes, the Cardinals do genuinely have one of the nut low defenses, one of the worst defenses in the National Football League. So both Najee Harris and Jalen Warren could find an Eiffel Tower over the Arizona Cardinals defense and take him to pound town. I do feel slightly more confident in Najee, but again, it's not by a crazy margin. 21, Jalen Warren now. When Najee Harris was uh, doing playing very nice, I like, last week, Jalen Warren had a down game, running back number 39. But again, I'm not panicking after one down game. Prior to that, running back 2, 8, and 14. Great spot against the Cardinals. He feels fine in this C-tier. Kind of the safe running back range with upside. Again, I don't think Javante is really going to finish as, like, a top-five running back. But I don't really think Jalen Warren or Najee Harris are either. And the same thing is thought about number 22. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Jerome Ford. So Jerome Ford, again, another guy. Kind of limited upside. Like, not going to be a top five guy. I could see him being running back 12. Now, the problem with the Browns is cool Joe Flacco might be the starting quarterback. But that would make me think that they're going to try to run the ball a lot more. And that would be great for Jerome Ford, who could maybe see also like six, seven dump offs in this spot against the Rams defense that isn't the best against running back. Again, I'm not very excited about starting any of these guys, right? It does feel like a fall off from the B to the C tier. But if you have any of these guys, you also shouldn't be in full-on panic mode. Now we move to the D tier. And this is where there's a lot more questions, right? Number 23, shout out Michael Jordan, Joe Mixon going up against the Jaguars. Now, Joe Mixon this season has been pretty solid. He averages 3.9 yards per carry, but he makes up with the... You know, yards per carry number not being the best by the fact that he gets a lot of touches. Problem is now in a Jake Browning-led Cincinnati Bengals offense that the offense isn't as good. And we saw this season when the offense was struggling mightily that Joe Mixon was not able to break out of that, right? That when the Bengals were getting hit from the back, how you like that when the you know, they're getting bent over a table, Mixon wasn't really able to elevate into something special in those weeks. Like, when they came out the bye week, when they're looking great against the Bills, the Niners, he's a running back eight, running back nine, right? Against the Ravens, he's the running back six when Burrow's playing part of the game, right? But now with Jake Browning, we have to really think about how safe he is versus how risky he is. I still think that despite losing Joe Burrow, Jake Browning is good enough for Mixon to not just fall like Humpty Dumpty off the wall and become straight up irrelevant. But he's entered the range of running back where it's like, if I have to start him, I will. But I don't want to be starting him. In an ideal world, Joe Mixon would not be in my starting lineup. At number 24, same thing is the case for Devin Singletary. Running back 18 last week, all fine and dandy, right? If you just look at the finish, he had just six carries for 18 yards. Six receptions on seven targets for 54 yards, right? That's fine. That is fine. But with Damian Pierce back, Damian Pierce was getting a lot more carries. So while Devin Singletary ripped off two top eight games in a row in week 11 and week 12, that is not the same backfield that he's a part of right now with Damian Pierce back. Now, Devin Singletary has outclassed has been significantly better than Damian Pierce this season. I'm a Damian Pierce truther. I was a Devin Singletary truther last year. I said, I don't want you anymore. I gave up on Devin Singletary, but he has looked good. And he has looked way better than Damian Pierce. But you would be a liar if you just said that now that Pierce is back, that Singletary's still going to keep that same role feasting in the offense. Now with... Six teams on by with the Broncos defense against the run not being all that great. Singletary could still easily be a top 24 running back, but again. The upside is definitely a lot more limited now with Damian Pierce there. At number 25, we got Zach Charbonnet. I do not suspect that Kenneth Walker III will play tonight against the Cowboys. Last week in a tough matchup against the Niners, he was the running back 29. Again, not much you can do when Geno Smith is throwing the football like he fucking spent the last 72 hours jerking off so his arm doesn't work. And he's been hurt. Now Zach Charbonnet enters the situation again against another tough defense. So it kind of sucks, like Charbonnet's finally given the chance to start, right? I was a Charbonnet truther in the offseason, banging the drum for him, saying, hey, he might be just as good as Kenneth Walker, he might be better than Kenneth Walker, he's a better pass catcher, and then Walker just kind of lights things up, right? But now when he's given the chance, right, it's not early on the season, right? Early on the season, they're playing the Rams, the Lions, the Panthers, the Giants, the Bengals, the Cardinals, the Browns, the Ravens, the Commanders, right? There's easy games there, right? Easy pick But now when Zach Charbonnet gets the chance, it's the fucking 49ers. It's the Cowboys. It's the 49ers again next week. The Eagles. So even though Charbonnet has been gift-wrapped this opportunity, he's not going to be able to take full, firmly grasp it. He's not going to be able to firmly grasp it and take over because the matchups are tough. So again, I'm a Zach Charbonnet truther. I got him ranked around expert consensus rankings. I got him running back 25. They've got him running back 23. He's good enough to bust one off pause right he's good enough to have a good run have a good game but man oh man does this matchup really suck moving now to the E tier again things are just getting a lot worse now running back 26 Brian Robinson Brian Robinson against the Dolphins defense again you could argue to put him in the tier above but this is a Dolphins defense I know Nick Jalen Phillips is out for the season you cocksucker because the MetLife field took him yeah I know just like they took Rodgers they stole his Achilles from him but they bring in JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul. They have Agba. They have Van Ginkle. They have Chubb. They have wi- uh, Wilkins. They have Zach Sealer, right? They have the Dolphins have a lot of skilled players that can stop the run. And this is a game where it could be a clowning, where the Dolphins drop 40 bomb on their head top, right? And then they can't run the ball. And that would elevate a more positive Antonio Gibbison game script. So again. Robinson will still finish as a top 30 guy because there's not that many great running backs playing this week. But this matchup could very much scare you. Now, if you look at fantasy pros, this is a green matchup, right? Green means go. But that's because the Dolphins' defense earlier on in the season was just getting plowed by the run. Hasn't been the case as much recently. At number 27, we got James Conner. Now, I don't want to start James Conner this week. At all. No dice for James Conner. Running back 26 or a higher every single week since he returned from injury running back 412736 now not all of that blame should be thrown on james conner he just hasn't been able to score He averages 5.1 yards per carry. He's a solid running back. He doesn't look washed by any means. So I'm not trying to take a shit on the chest of James Conner. Give him a Cleveland steamer. I'm not trying to do that. But what I'm trying to tell you is up against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. That is world-class. One of the best defenses in the NFL against T.J. Watt. It's going to be a long day for James Conner. It's going to be a long day for Kyler Murray. So again, while I think James Conner could bounce back later on in the season, those matchups are tough too. San Fran, Chicago, Philly, Seattle. I still like James Conner. I still think he could score this week and be fine. It's a revenge game for him. But man, oh man, I would be hard-pressed to start James Conner. I said it in the Running Back Start video, right? I'd rather get my balls dragged on a mile of glass, right? I'd rather rather get stuck in Guantanamo Bay and they're torturing me by playing the I'm a gummy bear, oh, I'm a gummy bear song on repeat, right? Some crazy frog shit. So, again, I love James Conner. I'm a James Conner truther, but this just doesn't feel like the week where he bounces back. And number 28, we got A.J. Dillon. Now, A.J. Dillon might be one of my least favorite running backs in the NFL because when you look at the guy, right, pause, right? If you're just looking at how he looks, he's shaped like a great god. He's got the calves of tree trunks. He looks like he would be amazing. He looks like what you would want your, fi- your favorite team's NFL running back to be. The thing is, he, he just sucks. He's not very good. Now, Nick, A.J. Dillon would throw you in a locker. A.J. Dillon would take your lunch money, pal. Of course. Of course. All right? I get it. I'm a fantasy football analyst. I don't go to the fucking gym every day. I'm not jacked to the gills, right? I'm a little chubby. You know, I got that skinny fat. You skinny fat fuck, you're starting to look like my wallet, as Dave Portnoy would say. So, A.J. Dillon, I like him. I like him because Aaron Jones isn't here. But I just listed all the reasons why you shouldn't like him. For instance, that he sucks. Now the Chiefs defense against the run isn't great, so he should still finish as a top 30 running back. But in reality, I kind of fibbed a little bit, because while I do like the matchup, you can't trust AJ Dillon, you just can't. You just can't. Regardless of how good he might look, you just can't do it, man. Just can't do it. At number 29, we got Chuba Hubbard going up against the Bucks. Now, Chuba Hubbard should be fine, but they did just fire Frank Reich. So we have to kind of see how this running back snap share works before we jump back on the Chuba Hubbard bandwagon. He was the running back 11 last week. Over 100 all-purpose yards. So he has the juice. He's got the skills. He scored a touchdown. The thing is, will this return to Sanders 50-50? Will this be Sanders 60-40 with the new interim head coach? We'll see. So again, if Frank Reich was still there, and again, I don't think Frank Reich is some, like, offensive guru, I'd probably have Chuba ranked as, like, a top 24-ish back. Like, he'd at least be in the tier above this, whereas now there's a lot more unknown with the head coach getting fired. Moving now to the F tier, again, these are all running backs that you probably don't want to start. Kareem Hunt is a guy that earlier on in the season from Week 6... Through 10, he scored a touchdown every week. Now, he wasn't rushing for a lot of yards. He'd get like 50 all-purpose yards, and it was all fine and dandy because he scored. And in one game against the Colts, he scored two touchdowns in Indianapolis. But recently, he's been getting that same amount of carries, getting his 30 yards, but he's not scoring, and he's been a disaster. Now, again, in a normal week where there isn't six teams on bye week, Kareem Hunt is nowhere close to the top 30, but because there's so many teams on bye, and because Joe Flacco is probably going to be under center, Kareem Hunt could stay as the running back 30. Again, I don't want to play him, but some people might have to. At number 31 in the F tier, we got Zeke. Feed Zeke going up against the LA Chargers. Now, Zeke did see a reduction in carries last week with just nine as Stevenson was feasting all over that New York football giant's ass. This week, he gets the Chargers again. A great matchup for him. But with how bad this Patriots offense is, can we trust him? The answer is... Fuck no, baby. At number 32, we got the Rolls Royce Freeman going up against the Browns. Running back 16 last week, even when Kyron returned. I'm coming home again. Royce Freeman had 77 rushing yards on 13 carries and a touchdown. He's still good, but the Browns' defensive matchup scares me, and plus Kyron's still going to be seeing a majority of the carries, and maybe Kyron gets ramped up even further this week. Now moving into the G tier, right? If you have to start one of these guys, you better say a prayer to the fantasy, the holy fantasy gods above, because shit ain't going to be sweet if you got to start these guys. Running back 33, Damian Pierce. Five carries last week, 14 rushing yards, one reception, four rushing uh, receiving yards. Running back 55. 55, right? He's, he's just He just doesn't have it this year. Last year, I loved Damian Pierce. He worked out for me. This year, I love Damian Pierce, and he fucked me over, right? He stood me up on a date, right? That's basically what happened to Dam- for me at Damian Pierce. Sucks, right? The Houston Texans offense is this good, and he's not good. It is a tough pill to swallow. Again, maybe he gets more carries this week. Maybe he bounces back, because I know deep inside of him he has the upside but he just hasn't shown it at number 34 we got tajay spears now tajay spears is essentially one of these guys that we just talked about derrick henry not just you know it was a while ago at this point but how the game script goes heavily dictates how good derrick henry is going to do and it also heavily dictates how good tajay spears is going to do in a game where the titans are getting blown out in a game where the titans might be out of reach and they have to throw the ball more. They need blocking running back. You know, they send Spears out there. But in a game where they are up on the up and up, then we're going to see a whole lot of Tractor, Ceto Derrick Henry. This is a game where they might be coming from the back. Pause. Or they might be in the game against the Colts. You know, the Colts and the Titans every single week are kind of a tough offenses and teams as a whole to read. So I'll give Tajay Spears the benefit of the doubt and rank him this high because I think he's good. But again, he has no guarantee to get the touches. At number 35, we have Antonio Gibby-Sawn. Now Gibson returned from his injury in Week 12 on Thanksgiving. Seven fantasy points, running back 43. Again, against the Dolphins, they might get down a lot. They might be checking the ball down at Gibson. But we've seen this season that, at points, Brian Robinson has also been a guy that could be a check-down machine and just eat a bunch of targets. So... Kind of just leaves Gibson in a bad spot. Running back 36, Samaj AP Ryan. Back-to-back top 18 games, running back 17 and back-to-back weeks, found pay dirt last week. But again, his touches fluctuate week in and week out so heavily. Last week, he gets seven carries, but one target. Week 11 on primetime, he gets one carry, but seven targets, right? This is a guy that's probably going to get three rushes at max most weeks and a couple of targets. If he could score again, he's a solid enough running back to be fine. But again, none of these running backs in the GTR are guys that you actually want to be starting on your fantasy teams. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't have enjoying today's video, make sure you guys smash that subscribe button down below. And whether you are new to the channel or not, make sure you guys leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. We'll be back later tonight with my week numero 13. Thursday Night Football, start or sit live stream where I answer all you guys' questions. Prior to Thursday Night Football, around 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I love you guys all so much. I hope you have a great guy's day. Check out one of the videos on your screen if you haven't seen them already. Love you, as always. Good boy!